This episode of Excuse the Intermission is presented in partnership with the Grand Cinema. The Grand Cinema is the South Sound's nonprofit home for independent, international, and local film. The theater strives to enrich the lives and enhance the cultural vitality of the greater Tacoma community through the art of film. The Grand Cinema is dedicated to providing their signature art house movie going experience in a safe and healthy fashion. There is something for everyone at the Grand Cinema. Along with their wonderful weekly programming, they are also home to the Weird Elephant Late Night Film Series, the Silver Screen Society, Free Family Flicks, and Tacoma's Outdoor Movie Series. You can also inquire about theater rentals at the Grand Cinema by contacting their box office or website. The staff and volunteers cannot wait to make your experience at the movies a memorable one, so grab your friends, grab your tickets, and don't forget to stop at the concession stand for the Grand Signature Popcorn. The Grand Cinema is located at 606 Fawcett Avenue in Tacoma, Washington, and open seven days a week. You can find them online at www.grandcinema.com and on Instagram and Facebook at The Grand Cinema. How's it? I'm Alex McCauley. I'm Max Fosberg. And I am Grant Colombini. And this is Excuse the Intermission, a discussion show surrounding Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. The much-anticipated follow-up to the Best Picture nominee from four years ago hit theaters this past weekend and captured the pop culture spotlight once again. Up next, we will recap our thoughts on the film using our seven-category review system, so don't go anywhere. This episode of ETI begins on the other side of this short break. Scream Team, how you guys doing? I'm Derek Schneider. I'm Max Fosberg. And I'm Kristen Marlowe. And we are the Terrifying Trio here to tell you about our show right here on the Chatter Network called the Silver Screams Podcast. It's a show where we watch scary movies and then talk to each other about what we just saw. All the way from the hardworking people behind the scenes. To the themes and sometimes deeper meanings of those scenes. And of course, the best part, our favorite kill. So tune in every Friday wherever you get your podcast fix. And as always, stay, stay spooky, spooky, Scream Team. team. Before we get going, we quickly wanted to remind you that if you feel what we do here on Excuse the Intermission holds value, we are live on Patreon. You can support the show by becoming either an associate producer at the cost of just $3 a month or an executive producer at the cost of $8 a month, and in return we'll be treated to all kinds of bonus content, including a monthly newsletter, video chats with us, early releases on new podcasts, and a monthly bonus episode, the most recent of which is a recap episode where I list off my 20 favorite horror films from the current year with a little help from Max at the end. And then be on the lookout next week for our November bonus episode, which will be our only release over the Thanksgiving holiday, where Max and I recommend 10 film franchises to ben, to binge over the holiday season. We really enjoy creating the extra content, so please consider subscribing. Binge or bench. We can, you can bench. You can get down on a, on a white set with those yeah, and DVDs on each side. Well, yeah, so I, let them watch. I immediately went for bench as in like, nah, put, sit them out. Sit no. them out. You don't want to play them. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Uh, so, the long-awaited follow-up to 2018 smash hit Black Panther finally landed in cineplexes around the globe, grossing over $342 million worldwide and $192 million domestically at the time of this recording. Those early returns are good for second best of the year as far as an opening weekend movie goes behind only... Any guesses? Uh, Top Gun Maverick? Wrong. That's what I thought as well, though. That was my guess. I have nothing. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, actually. Oh, Oh, and bigger. Yeah. 
Um, of course, this is the continuation of the Black Panther character and story that was synonymous with the screen presence of the late Chadwick Boseman. The director, Ryan Coogler, producer Kevin Feige, and all those included in the cast and crew have vocalized how important it was to honor Chadwick's memory and legacy through the completion of this film, when at a time after his unfortunate passing, the future of this movie was up in the air. So we will get to the film here in just a moment, but I think it is important to start here with Chadwick's legacy and talk about for a second how we think Marvel navigated these unfortunate circumstances. I thought they did it as best as anyone possibly could. Um, I think it was a great balance of a love letter to Chadwick while also making a sequel to the movie that they had made. And, you know, majority of the cast was back you know, with, with Ryan. Um, so I'm sure it was an emotional journey for all of them. And you can you can see it in a lot of them in a lot of these moments, especially with our lead Letitia Wright um, in the first three minutes in that opening scene. Um, we're going to get to favorite shots, and one of mine is a, a shot, a, an ode to Chadwick. Um, and and then they don't lose sight of it. It's not like they check off that box and then just move on. They incorporate it throughout the film, um, and a, a huge huge obstacle to hurdle doing something like this because. When, when it comes to characters like this that are part of such a huge lore that people have been attached to for so long, and you have someone like Chadwick come, on, come along that becomes them, not just like does a great performance, but like Chadwick was T'Challa. He was Black Panther. There is no recast. There is no like, oh, we can just move around this. And, and so like to see them do it, execute that this well, I was pleasantly blown away by yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree. I thought they did the most respectful way you could, uh, you know, where, um, and it, and it, it, it's a drag. Like it's, it was, it was hard to say goodbye again, right? Because uh, Chadwick was such a special performer, but uh, you know, him dying of of an illness in in the beginning there, uh, I thought was really well done. I'm so glad they didn't do any sort of like, you know. Star Wars fucking CGI, you know, unca uncanny valley uh, stuff going on. Uh, I'm glad that they, they they didn't recast because you know you can move the the story forward uh, with with other characters. But uh, but yeah, it was it was it was just a bummer. It was it was such a bummer to to be reminded of like oh man yeah we we lost. And and you feel that throughout the movie, and we'll get to the movie and and how it performed or how it how it how effective it was, but there was a Chadwick sized hole all the way through. Um, I thought. Yeah, I do think that it was really tough, almost having via that opening segment, like a on screen quasi public remembrance but also like funeral i mean during the funeral procession in the movie grant you and i saw it together you could hear so many deep breaths and and kind of some some throats clenching some noses running a little bit like oh yeah it was very emotional um so i do think that they handled it the right way and it really set the table for you know the things to come in the film which we we will get into of course but at the same time, I think it just obviously we have a whole legacy category in this review system. And this is a great opportunity to talk about it now and at the end. But I do think that what they did was respectful. It was appropriate. 
And this does, in a way, close the book on Chadwick's on screen. You know, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, there was such a big deal made about that film for being his last movie. This really feels like his last movie. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, so let's get into the movie. We have seven categories to go through here. Our character study is up first. I will be interested to see kind of what you guys did here with this one because you could almost say that just the character of T'Challa or the Black Panther figure was the one that got you in the theater. So we'll see how you guys start your lineup off here. Um, so who's batting leadoff? Max, you want to go first? Yeah, and and you're exactly right. It was the loss of Chadwick uh, and and seeking the answer for what, what they will do with the movie and the character moving forward um, as almost as like grim and... Uh, you know, as that sounds, but, um, you know, when, when tragedy like that happens in real life and, and they decide to keep moving, going forward, cause they could have easily just been like, yeah, we're not, we're, we're not going to do another one. Like it, it, we'll just, you know, it'll just end. Uh, no one would have blamed them. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, or, you know, I, I mean, they could have recast too. I, I remember there was a big movement for like, just recast, and and keep the T'Challa character and and honor Chadwick with another actor to to take that spot. But um, but yeah, I, I think what intrigued me the most about the movie going in was how they were going to handle that. So I chose Leticia right here for basically the same reason. So her character of uh, Shuri is of course T'Challa's sister in the film and. A, you know, I had a, we should of course say spoiler alert here, but I had an assumption that she would probably take the mantle of the Black Panther, but still not knowing that 100% and having these questions because for a Marvel movie, for a superhero movie, I think I expressed it at the end of last week's episode, I was really excited for this film. And a huge part of that anticipation for me was wondering how they were going to approach making a new black Panther or, or crowning a new black Panther, however you want to put it. Um, so, so Leticia, Wright, Assuming it was going to be her, she was the one that got me in the theater, but you could also say, AKA the black Panther character for sure. Well, my, my lead off hitter, I feel like is one of those, uh, baseball clips you see where, you know, a person swings and misses, but then on the back swing, as they're stumbling, the ball still hits the bat and they hit a home run. <laughs> um, but I'm going, you know, those super common videos. Wow, yeah. yeah. You guys never see, you guys never me, seen those? One of those videos? There's, there's a couple, there's <laughs> actually a couple out there where guys, guys have done that. Um, but I originally was really excited to go see this film to see Angela Bassett as queen Ramonda on the, the idea that she was going to be the one kind of with the decision with, okay, we're going to deal with the death of T'Challa. It now falls on her as the queen does it automatically pass to Shuri who becomes the, this next black Panther, if they can even have, obviously we, there, there's going to be one cause that's called black Panther. So I figured like she would be the one to kind of make decisions. And then by the end of it, she's the Cersei Lannister of Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily going to say that, I'm but, just kidding, I'm just kidding. but the there queen regent. Yes. Right. Yeah. Queen yeah. Regent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even though that ne- like 
I should we? I don't know if we're getting into spoilers yet, but oh yeah, we're gonna spoil the hell. Let them fly. Okay, so obviously neither of those decisions really fall on her, and the way that they deal with that is still very well executed. And then Angela Bassett just alone just delivered one hell of a performance. So even though she didn't do what I wanted to at putting her at first. She then just is like an amazing actress nonetheless. And I loved her character. And I'm really glad they gave her character a little bit more exposition in this. And it was really kind of essential, I, I think. And so kind of going off of both of you guys, like yeah, the, the absence of Chadwick was the looming part there. Where it's like, oh, she now has to fill mm-hmm. this, make the choices to fill this void. And then by the end of the day, it was everyone kind of together. The choices were just kind of presented and made for them. Well, and I'll tell you what, too. After that opening Marvel credit roll, which is so emotional and I'm sure we'll get to it later here, but uh, she really does have the first scene of the film. Yeah. Right. And so in a sense, she really does lead it off well And every scene of hers after that. What does she do? She gets on base. Yeah, like, absolutely. She's, she's a great actress. Absolutely. Um, okay. So on deck now, Max, who do you have in the two spot? Well, on deck is, is Angela Bassett and uh, uh, Letitia, right? Uh, I thought, this movie, you know, uh, with the circumstances fall to those two, uh, they're going to carry on the story. I thought they both were just, you know, hitting doubles the whole time. Uh, really good performances um, from from both actors. Uh, and and Le- especially Letitia, who, like, you know, a pretty uh, a crazy thing to ask of her, right? As you said earlier, like, to step into you know, as big a shoes as Chadwick. I mean, I, I think she, she does as, as well as, as she does. And, um, and it was pretty good. Uh, you know, granted, you know, Letitia writes a little bit of a crazy person on the outside, but, um, but, uh, again, I think, I think both of them, both of them carry it well and, and, uh, continue to, uh, move the base runner along. Yeah, I do agree. And it was a tall task, right? She had the most screen time. She had the most lines. Um, a lot to put on somebody's shoulders who honestly isn't even that seasoned of an actor. Right? Really not. Yeah. So yeah. Shout out to her on deck for me is Tenet Huerta, our, our guy here, um, Nemoir. And I was just, I, I loved his character. I thought that every time he came up, I, it could be an explosive scene or it could be a somewhat exposition heavy scene, but also important to the part of the story that I was responding to the most was this other sacred kingdom, this other fantastical place here that no one on earth knows about and that harbors vibranium and the ability to change the, the global climate of war and politics and everything else. And so, you know, me not being so much into superhero and the legend of, of him and his place within the Avengers, because I know that he's got a longstanding history within the Marvel comic books. Um, but I just really liked his character. I thought his character design was pretty cool as well. His powers, his ability, all of that stuff rolled into one. And then just the actor himself, I thought, I thought did a great job. So do you recognize him? Cause, uh, we talked about him on this month or, well, we talked about a movie that he's in on this month's Patreon. On the one coming up next week? Mm-hmm. No. What's he in? He is in the Forever Purge. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'll have to go back and... Yeah. Yeah, I just found that out last night when okay, I was doing cool. some research. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, your number two hitter, Grant. Um, well, the, my number two hitter is just a guy that doesn't matter what movie he's in. He's 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 getting on base every scene he's in. And this one, even they even tried to 
make him a little bit more comical. And still, I was like, nah, you, you can't weigh my guy down. And that's Winston Duke as M'Baku. Uh, I loved him, uh, even with his like progression as a character, still kind of holds that stubbornness and that, you know, that, that problem. I loved his kind of became a little bumbly. Like, I, I know that's what I said. Like, yeah. even though he was like a little bit more, you know, blown up to be a little bit more comical, mm-hmm. he still like is like, that same character that we meet in the first one, he's just maybe a little bit nicer and a little bit softer. I love that he's just eating a carrot when he first yeah. comes in <laughs> and just snapping away at that thing. I loved his, the new intimidation that the Jabari have the, Oh, Oh, they all just start, they all just start like, you know, like howling at the guys. Um, and then obviously then in those huge scenes of him kind of like motivating, uh, you know, Suri, and, you know, saying things to, like, push in her direction that she then fights back on. But then she, you know, eventually thinks back and sees on it. And now, obviously, like, huge spoiler alert, there's going to be a great dynamic of King M'Baku, King of Wakanda, and then Shuri as Black Panther, mm. you know, mm-hmm. right hand, left hand, leading Wakanda. I did really enjoy their conversation after um, Ramon does funeral yeah that was one of the more impactful scenes i felt emotionally that was really 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 Mm -hmm. good and i think i think that's where like you really kind of see winston's acting chops really kind of cutting through the 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 veil of the marvel cinematic universe um and all these this entire cast is insanely talented but they have to do this you know like i said that veil of the mcu but there's moments where all of them kind of really shine through the the whole cast did a fantastic job, but I just I just love Winston Duke, and I've just loved Mbaku since we first met him in the first Black Panther. So, uh, yeah, that was my number two. Uh, my number three hitter uh, is Tanash Hatera, uh, or yeah, Her Herta Tanash Huerta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Namor. Yeah, there you go. Or Namor, or whatever they say both ways in the movie. I've always said Namor. Yeah, I thought uh, as far as like introducing uh, a character and the fact that he does say like, I'm a mutant, like that's that was really special. I I thought kind of redesigning the character to be more of a Mayan uh, Mexican folklore uh, thing going on there or lore or legend or whatever. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. And he uh, he just. Every time he was on screen, I was like, man, I just kind of, I kind of wish this was just a Namor movie, you know? Uh, I wish he had, he, if this was just a, a, a solo shot for him. Um, Cause he is like, he, I, he is, I think in the, what, he was like one of the first three characters that Marvel ever came up with uh, in the comic books. So he is, he's got the history, he's got, you know, the, the long standing, uh, uh, spot in, in the Marvel universe. He, he is this gray character who, who like, sometimes he's a good guy. Sometimes he's a bad guy. You know, he's trying to fuck Sue storm all the time in the comics. Um, he's just a really, really interesting character. And I thought that, uh, uh, Her- Hertage did a fantastic job and it was a really interesting performer, um, on screen. This is my number three. I figured, well. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- they gave us one of the best Marvel origin stories in about five minutes. Then we get some full length movies. Yeah. That's how interesting they made this character and how cool 
what Tenage brought to it is amazing. I like leave it to DC and Marvel to finally be able to get these two characters right of Aquaman and Namor and making them cool and not a joke because they're now like two of the most popular characters on both sides of the fandom. Namor scenes were mesmerizing. His winged flying abilities, little jumping, little jukes in the final battle, his little creepy swim up when we first meet him at night was like mesmerizing. Like I loved every scene he was in. I loved his people. I loved the whole, like how you were saying, Alex, the whole lore of how they changed. Cause you know, he is in the comics, the King of Atlantis. So they changed that entire thing, give him a whole new kingdom. And I love what they did. This whole new people that it's like from the same type of herb, but it's blue instead of purple. And these people like are, have like some extra abilities. He's a full blood, you know, bred mutant. It's, it's, it's everything is cool. They, they have set him up to be such a key player going into these bigger Avengers movies with King Dynasty and Secret Wars when we eventually get them. But it's going to be uh, unbelievable. Like it, He is such a cool character. There's already pushes for him to have his own solo um, um, you know, movie. So I'm really excited okay, for what, so they, what, what they eventually bring to the table with him. I don't want to jump ahead to a category here, but then I do. let me just do a little too long didn't need then here real quick. We liked him so much, right? So why make him a bad guy in this movie? Because it's impossible to root against him, right? Because honestly, most of the time in the comics, at least in the early comics, he was a bad guy. I he, mean, that, he that was, is his he, origin. He was like a, mem- a bad guy or an anti-hero. He's an anti-hero because he was a member of the Avengers, who's one of the original members. But then he gets kicked out. He, he you know, he's fine with pretty. You know, he's the up king. He's fine with protecting his kingdom. It's kind of the same mentality of Black Adam. And they make him like I thought it was excellent that they make him a villain. Like he is so hell bent on protecting his people that he'll go to any means necessary. And it's going to take a really strong force to convince him otherwise. Hence, here we are, the strongest force in the Nate in the world. And, uh, and so I, I really like that setup because now it sets him up of, we don't know which way he's going to go. Like, yeah, he's going to subdue and he's going to help out. But like he says at the end, but they're going to eventually turn to us. And then we're going to be able to have our, exact our revenge on who we want and this, that, and the other. So I guess I just meant like, were his original demands that outlandish? Because once again, and we'll get to this here later on, at least I will like these Wakanda ends are just so damn stubborn yeah. to where the entire time I'm just like, this guy's not really trying to beef, you know, like I don't understand trying to make him out to be the bad guy. This movie yeah, on the streak that he's Marvel- not trying to beat with the people of Wakanda. You know, on the streak that Marvel's on, the next time we see Narmor, they will probably completely ignore that last part he says, and they'll probably just paint him to be a good guy from sure. here on out. You know, yeah, I, but but also like part of his character is that he hates the surface world and that he wants to drown the world in water. I mean that that has been part of his thing for all all of his character, um, even when he does like side with the Avengers or good guys or whatnot. I mean. If you look at his 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 origin, you know, he he was a villain and I think he could be a really good villain. I think if they play it smart, like keep keep making him a fucking asshole, you know. If he ever meets the Fantastic Four, if we ever see that on screen, like make sure he's trying to fucking bed Sue, uh, Sue Storm because that's like that's like one of the main things about him is that like he is a arrogant uh, you know, fucking douchebag. They don't. They don't necessarily need to do that, though. Like they've already changed this character so much that they can, you know, 
let him go like paint their own path for this guy. They don't necessarily have to. Well, they don't have him. to, but I think it's more interesting. If they I, do. I, I agree that I would rather him stay a villain, especially with, I, you know, we'll get into it later of, uh, his henchmen that I just absolutely loved. Uh, and I don't think he's, I don't think he's good by the end of the movie. I mean, he has that little conversation at the end where That's he's like, saying, it's yeah. sinister though. Yeah. yeah. Or he's like, Wakanda, you know, owes me one now. Mm-hmm. Like that's fair. They will have to come to my side. Yeah, and I will drown the world. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but you could see it in his eyes. <laughs> um, okay, my my number three hitter is Lupita Nyong'o as yeah. Nakia. Uh, I just love her as an actress. I know she was one of the last original cast m- members to sign back on for this sequel. So I'm I'm so happy we got her back. Not only is uh, her character very important and, um, you know, crucial in not only carrying on T'Challa's legacy here within the MCU, but also I just think that her screen presence, along with all the other phenomenal female actors in this movie, she really like was that cherry on top. And every single scene that she was in, I would, you didn't know what she was going to get, whether or not she was going to provide, you know, just some incredible dialogue or she can do the action. Her, you know, she's obviously so expressive with her face and her emotions. She doesn't, she's an A plus lister in my book. Um, so I was really happy to have her back. And I think she, of all the people, I liked her, her suits and her, mm-hmm. her outfit and her wardrobe the most, where, some of the other people felt kind of clunky and robotic and almost more like the side of the MCU that I don't enjoy. And all of her, her colors, her outfits, everything like that really, it kept me grounded in Wakanda. Her armor at the end was awesome. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she's my, she's my power hitter. Yeah. Okay. So pinch hitter now who, who came in and just said, I, the I, day for I you. think it's going to be, you, uh, you know, un, unanimous here, right? Almost Max. Almost. Our unanimous pick. Is it Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, that's mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. I mean, uh, give me, he, give he gets me in more for, yeah. Killmonger, but at the same time, I was happy just with his one scene. Yeah. One scene. Uh, he comes in, he fucking throws a hundred. Uh, seems like he just got right back into character. Um, does a really, really good job. I love that, that Shuri sees Killmonger instead of anyone else. Um, I, I think that's really interesting too. Cause again, that goes back to Shuri and like her character it makes her more complex and, um, you know, you know, she's out for revenge. She's not, she's not noble like like her brother. She's not, um, you know, maybe controlled like her mother. Uh, she she's a bit more like her cousin. And uh, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. Echo those same sentiments. I mean, I loved him because he is that like he's my consciousness as I watch these movies where I'm just like, yes, someone just kill someone for, for crying out loud. Just like, let's end these, you know, ridiculously long scenes and these drawn out, you know, semantics, just kill people. Hello, what are we here for? Um, and so he's always kind of had that mentality. And so I, I loved him in the first one. He's my favorite part of the original black Panther. And so I was very happy when yes, Sherry, you know, when she's going to see her ancestors, um, yeah, ran into Killmonger. I almost think that this was possibly his best scene as the character. I almost feel like he got more into character this time around than he did at any point in the first one. And that just shows how good of an actor this guy is. And I think it's him kind of waving the flag of like, hey, uh, find a way to bring me back like again. 
because I want, I still want to be here. I do think that that's a very important thing right there that you said, because his character, everyone else is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Still grieving the loss of T'Challa in mm-hmm. this film, right? He's already passed on. He understands what happened to T'Challa, but it doesn't feel like the Killmonger character was a part of the Chadwick and memory type of narrative Mm -mm. here. He was just, he's about his business. He was 100% in character, like you said, and it it worked. Well, because Killmonger wasn't necessarily an enemy of the Black Panther. He was just an enemy of Wakanda. And so that echoes to Ramonda, echoes to Sherry, echoes to, you know, uh, Nakia, to M'Baku. Like, everyone finds him. So, yeah, though his arch nemesis, let's say, is gone, like, that doesn't mean that the other people don't have this direct connection. And it's a great leeway. They used him perfectly in this. But then with the multiverse, with the time variance and stuff, it's just like, you can find any excuse to bring him back. Because that scene was absolutely incredible with the throne room on fire mm-hmm. and and water rising. Like, such a cool like double dynamic and the lighting in there was absolutely cool crazy i loved the music uh that they brought back from the first one that's kind of like his his theme it was just it was unbelievable i love that scene. well and i think the most fascinating part about the killmonger characters some would say he's the arch nemesis to wakanda others would say that his disposition And his outlook on how vibranium should be used and how Wakanda should interact with the United Nations and everyone else. Some would say that that's the way that the Wakandans should be acting. Well, and yeah, I mean, to that point, like, I I almost believe that uh, the villain of these Black Panther movies are are, is kind of the the rest of the world. You know, uh, Namor and Killmonger are just the antagonists who, you know, maybe see it a different way. Uh, okay, so best quote then. I'll go first because it's from Killmonger here. Yeah. And Max, you kind of touched on it a second ago. It's when he's talking to Shuri and says, are you going to be noble like your brother or take care of business like me? My guy didn't change. <laughs> he came back and he doubled down on yeah. trying to handle business. And so I really enjoyed that. Um, there's a few others I think that I could p- probably choose from on a second viewing, but of course in the theater. And just that one scene is probably my favorite scene in the movie. So that one stuck with me. Yeah, mine was uh, from Namor when he says only the most broken people uh, can be good leaders. Mm. And uh, again, I just think it, it adds a, a bit of complexity to to his character. Um, you know, it kind of shows that he is extremely broken. He's had, you know, uh, a, a terrible upbringing or, you know, tragedy tragedy in his, in his past life. And, uh, you know, that's made him stronger and that's what he believes. And like, again, it just plays more into, I think the original intent of that character back in, you know, 1960, whatever, when, when it was drawn up. Should we uh, put that on your Chatter Network CEO business card? Yeah. I'd like that on that. I'd like it on my uh, gravestone as okay. well. <laughs> But you guys have to chisel it. You can't have someone Fair. else do it. Fair. You got to chisel it yourself. Great favorite quotes. Um, my uh, my favorite quote was I, I'm going to butcher the Spanish and I, I didn't look it up, but um, the the recreating of um, well, this is a side one. It's not my actual favorite, but how Namor gets his name, like mm-hmm. El, El Nino non, uh, Sin Namor which is like, you know, the child without love. Like, I love that. I thought that oh, yeah. add yeah. some like sinister back backdrop to his, to and his he was story. all about it when he like, his, Oh yeah. His character he, like, when he, he's like, he telling that like, story. Sark a little bit. Yeah. yeah. My favorite quote though is from 
one of my favorite scenes in the movie of when Queen Ramonda expels Okoye and all of like everyone kind of starts chattering a little bit. And for the first time ever, like you kind of see her like explode out of her seat and just says, I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world and my entire family is gone. Have I not sacrificed Mm -hmm. everything? And just like how Angela Bassett delivers that is just kind of like the, I will remind all of you that I am queen and I'm not changing my mind here. Like she just let my, my last family member go. Mm-hmm. Um, so we yeah. need Angela Bassett and more stuff, please. Yeah. Why is like Black Panther the only thing she's really been in? No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Alex McCauley does not stand by this. I have, I'll find it on Twitter. I went back, I think, and was watching a bunch of her movies like two years ago or something. And I screen grabbed um, her IMDB from, I believe it's like, the early nineties to the late nineties or something. She doesn't miss for like seven or eight movies in a row and they're all great. So she's just still, she's just what, what's going on right now is she is having an incredible second apex Mm. in her career. But like she was the biggest thing on the planet for a long, long time. You forget that she's in mission impossible, man. No, I know that. I just want her in more things right now. No, right now, yeah. Right yeah. now. She's taking her time. Has she done, did she do anything after Black Panther is my question. Has yeah, she done she, anything between these two movies? She's uh, She did a couple, like, uh, she was in Soul. She did. Uh, she was on some TV shows like Master of None. She did Gunpowder Milkshake for Netflix. Um, she was in Horizon for a bit. You know, she's doing some video games. She's done, She's on the TV show 911. This so is she's doing that kind of okay. proving when, Max's point. Yeah, yeah. Wendell, uh, Wendell and Wild. She was just in Wendell and Wild. She did have a okay, voice. Role. She's got yeah. a TV voice show. Rules. She's a lead on a TV show. She, yeah, she's I booked up. I want she's her in up. a dramatic, like, straight up Oscar, you know, bait movie. We'll give her a call and tell her. That. I will. God damn it. I'm finally going to call And while her. you're at it, ask her if she wants to marry me. <laughs> Let's see. I'm seeing if I can find this. Okay. So, yeah, here's, here's Angela Bassett starting in 1991 boys in the hood then she does malcolm x what's love got to do with it strange days vampire in brooklyn waiting to exhale contact yep. music of the heart and that's oh, with meryl streep and that's yeah directed by uh, Wes craven <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and that and that's just that run goes from 91 to 1999 oh and how stella got her groove back don't forget yeah. that one so yeah i mean she's been doing it a long time she's good uh, okay, so shoot your shot now. Our favorite scene, our favorite cinematography, our favorite. Uh, I'll go first anything. on this one. Okay, um, I actually have a couple. My first one, right off the bat, was in the funeral procession. The slow motion shots they would mm. get in the beginning mm-hmm. of everyone wearing white, and there's just a few where like the sun cutting through the clothing. And Letitia, right, it was Sherry with, like, her, you know, cloak with her hood kind of barely covering, like, half of her face. There's just some beautiful, beautiful shots there. And then just people doing the, you know, the traditional dances and stuff. And everyone, everyone is doing something. Like, I, I found myself just, like, scanning and looking at everything. Like, I, I want to, like, go back and just watch that scene and just fixate on one person, like, the entire time. And then go back and watch it again because it's it's pretty amazing. It, it's, it's a very heartwarming and heartbreaking scene at the same time and, and the cinematography i felt had a lot to do with that especially with the contrast i love the idea of everyone wearing white rather than black it was such a cool it's a celebration cool, right? yeah, yeah yeah absolutely it was such a cool little little moment 
um, especially the anguish on our the characters we know, the anguish on their face. But then you see the people of Wakanda are you know celebrating their king, and you know it was really really. Really great shot. I mentioned it before. I love this shot when Namor first like kind of pops up like in just his head and you can like barely tell kind of like made him a little creepy more so ever than anything. I just want a whole movie of Namor just so I can see more soldiers riding humpback whales and orcas and having them flip their tails and pop them over and, and splashing that scene on the bridge. Okay. Or, okay. You don't get this many because now you're, mine is the whole bridge fight in Boston. Yeah, okay. I, I thought that that was so cool. Twofold here because yes, you, we get that introduction to like all the, you know, the, the military aspect of, of his people and everything. But then also you know how you make up for some questionable CGI? You shoot scenes at night. And so the fact <laughs> so the fact that this movie was at night, because those whales are cool yeah. and and you know, his people are great. But at the same time, CGI is not it's not B level even in this movie. It's it's pretty bad at times. But yeah, how you make up for that is you darken things, you shoot it at night. Um, and, and so that really worked for me. The water grenades, all of that, uh, that stuff looked pretty cool. That was the last thing I was going to yeah. say was just the water grenades because it was a mix of CGI and practical effects that you could tell that like they were getting showered with mm-hmm. water, with gallons of water yeah. as those were going on. So all that stuff at night there, the Boston chase scene. And I just thought it was funny. This is like an honorable mention quote. Um, but when they were like, they're going to close the bridge. I was like, is this Charlestown? Is this the town? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Where's Aflac? <laughs> uh, yeah. My, my favorite scene was, was with the water bombs. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, when the town jokes always get mad. Yeah. <laughs> get in the car. Uh, uh, That's how you fucking drive a car. <laughs> Uh, the water bombs when they uh, explode into the uh, throne room, right? Uh, when uh, Namor or Namor, Namor again, Namor uh, throws water bombs at the throne room glass windows. It made me think of uh, David Fincher's uh, Fight Club, the very last oh, scene. Yeah. Uh, it kind of has that same um, positioning of the camera, same framing with like two people standing in front of big glass windows and exploding. Um, yeah, I thought that was beautiful. Uh, I, I also think, you know, the opening sequence and the ending sequence are two are the the best parts of the movie. I mean, the, 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 at least when you're talking, I, I think all the way around, right? Uh, technically and emotionally and effectively. Um, and you can tell that that is actually like Ryan Coogler, like masterfully doing some fucking good filmmaking. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, lo- I loved that that uh, scene in the throne room. Any other honorable mentions then? No, you guys knocked okay. knock them all cool. out. All right, so then all Hans on deck here, our music category. Grant, you kind of already touched on mine, so I'll just bring it up here briefly. But it was the funeral procession at the beginning um, that the music that was playing while everyone was dancing and celebrating in slow motion. Obviously, the shots are cool, but I think the music is what really took that scene up and over the top for me. So that that's the one that really stuck uh, stood out. Yeah. I I don't know what it's called on the, I think it's called Labrisa on the on the soundtrack. I don't know which one it is, but the song when they're going down to the depths um and he's taking Shuri down and she's in that suit. I thought that was pretty cool cuz it captured kind of like the aquatic feel while also being like, "Oh, they had an artist 
like they commissioned an artist to write this. This isn't like on the score. This is like an actual song. So I was like, oh, wow. Like I rarely like it when there's like actual, you know, songs in like an epic, you know, movie like this, especially when you have Ludwig fucking Gorenson <laughs> scoring it for you. Um, but then also, like I, like I said before, that, that same scene that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So those are my two. Yeah. Mine was, was, uh, also under underwater there when we're in uh, Namor's kingdom, when he's descending onto the throne. Again, I'm going to keep hitting this evil Namor thing. I loved it, loved, loved, loved anytime he was super evil. Um, because that, that, the music there, it almost sounds like a, like a really old, uh, like Godzilla theme, um, <clears throat> which I thought was, was very, you know, fitting as he's coming, you know, when he's coming down onto his, his shark head throne with his serpent hat, just fantastic. I think it's called Namor's throne. Uh, on the on the soundtrack, I I definitely got like the you know the Lord of the Rings like March of the Uruk High mm. you know like don't 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 yeah. don't like that like really big vibe. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. no, he's he's he means business. <laughs> Do we think that uh, Rihanna will be nominated for best original song at no. that closing credit song? Did you guys like that? I don't think it will be nominated. Mm. Maybe okay. I mean maybe I don't know. I thought it was decent. You know, oh, as far as fine. end credit songs go, I, I enjoyed it. it. It was interesting. I couldn't even really tell it was Rihanna. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought, I, I thought the vocals were kind of weak. <laughs> Boy, not, shot, not that I'm a shots fired at Rihanna. Yeah, sorry, sorry about the drive by there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I asked. I asked. <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't even remember the song. You can play it for me right now. Do your first time <laughs> yeah, hearing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so too long didn't need our scene critique. Who wants to go first? Honestly, I think there's a little bit in every scene. I th- I think the movie itself didn't necessarily need to be as long as it was. I think every every little scene could have had a little little shaved off. Um but but at the same time if you, if you got the sandbox to play in and you got the green light, you know, I say like make every movie 4 hours and just be prepared for that's what you're getting into. Yeah, I mean what 340 billion dollars worth of people don't the, the, don't disagree with you. Yeah, exa- so. exactly. Yeah. So like it's it's one of those like yeah, it, you could have shaved some time. Not off. billion, million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you could have shaved some time off, but at, but at the same time, it's kind of like why not just you know explore, especially when you're introducing Namor and in a whole new world, um, and a whole new side of the MCU, the mutants. This is you know the first taste in the MCU that we're actually really getting to these guys. You didn't like New Mutants. With my girl Anya Taylor. Well, that's not in the MCU. That's in its own separate. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Whoa, bro. Yeah. That's Come the on, Fox X Men universe. I ride for that movie. <laughs> this, this guy, this guy's over here with a notebook. And he's not taking notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, like it was one of those, like, yeah, you could have made it shorter. I, I would say that, like, the the end. No, no, I get. I can't really like focus on one anything other than like. I feel like there were some dialogue scenes that were like okay when are we getting to like the next like you know let's pick up the pace a little bit that that kind of like got drawn out a little bit the action scenes you know let's make them longer or whatever the end fight scene going back to what you said about the cgi not looking good the end fight scene between namor and black panther i was like am i watching a video game cut scene so those scenes i felt were a little long so it's like man you're really like doubling down on the cgi and it's not paying off so that was like one 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 specific thing. Max, I know you have a few. Can I do mine? Because yeah, I think you know it. what mine is. Yeah, go for it. Speaking in Lord of the Rings and our guy Martin Freeman, love you, Bilbo. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. listen, the feds got to go. 
Yeah. Just the entire Fed, um, FBI, CIA, everything. Same with our girl, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Thanks for showing up. I like the little gray streak, blue streak in your hair, whatever that was. But, like, you guys got to go. I need 25 minutes off of this runtime immediately. Mm-hmm. And they're the weakest link to me. So, I, you know, and I understand that there was probably greater aspirations for having them involved. And I really enjoyed Martin Freeman's character in the first one. That was that was cool. Um, kind of gave it more of a James Bond twist. I, I feel like, but yeah, in this in this case, it could have done without it. Give him one scene to be like, oh, there he is. Give and him then, that first scene, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as I said earlier, I, I thought the the opening sequence, the ending sequence, uh, including the mid mid credit scene, I, I thought that was the best. Those were the best parts, the best movie making parts, right? A lot of the middle stuff, everything in between there, there's a lot of garbage in here. Um, I was actually pretty disappointed by this movie. Other, you know, I mean, I, I thought performances were were good, um, but we got to stop doing these back backdoor fucking pilots to TV shows. Lake Bell wasn't your pitch hitter, you mean? <laughs> Lake Bell, yeah, that, that's a whole nother, there was like a whole nother plan there. And then in the 12th hour, they had to change that and decided to keep that footage and then just kill her. Uh, hard, tough beat. Tough beat for a girl like Bell. Um, Riri Williams and and this whole story, uh, everyone's got to have a fucking chi- you know, a, a child sidekick in these movies. Get get out of here. She's going to get her own show. Like, let that develop on its own. We don't need to do these backhanded. Well, especially that it's like, okay, let's get, let's introduce this character, get her to create an Iron Man suit. Then at the end, it's being like, yeah, but we can't let you take it. So then when I, we see her, she's going to start. Yeah. Like, it's such a wide, then, then why even like bring her in right well, here? It felt like a Fast and the Furious movie all of a sudden, but it's like, put your familia. And so here's a charger. And it's just like. <laughs> What? Yeah. You and your dad built this car? We did not yeah. know this. What yeah. are you talking about? And, and, you maybe said it to your dad's once or something, but like right. for that to have some sort of huge emotional payoff, I was just like, what are we doing here? Can we wrap this shit up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with Alex, like all the Fed stuff, Ross and Val, director Val or whatever, yeah. like we don't need any of that crap in here. The, the cool thing about the original Black Panther is that like you spent so much time in Wakanda in this movie, you're fucking bouncing all over the, I can't, I can't even remember how many fucking location title cards came up more than the gray man. I think yeah. <laughs> Which is saying something. Uh, cause that's like the whole point of the gray man, but like, yeah, it just, there was a lot of garbage in the middle, a lot of garbage in the middle. And, and I know, you know, it's sad because Kugler is, I think, a really good filmmaker. I think, you know, he is he he has a unique vision. But man, did his shit feel what this one felt so watered down by corporate Marvel. Um, and and just like I feel like he they forced him like you have to put Riri Williams in there. And and it's not going to mean anything to, to to a lot of people because Riri Williams is relatively a new comic book character. So why are we even why are we even stressing about connecting her to Black Panther and and that unit like ha, like develop her on her own in her own show? She's going to get it's the same thing with America Chavez in fucking Doctor Strange. You know you got to have the fucking plucky teenager that's got genius powers. 
Um, and it's I, not like you aren't going to have 10 more movies within the next four years to yeah. work them in. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, a lot of, a lot of the movie was, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it's, <laughs> uh, I just, I, Marvel is just fuck them, dude. I, I, I don't know. It's so hard because like they start out so good and unique and special. And like each movie was like, very almost contained, but also having like little tidbits. But now everything is just like, we got to have all these cameos. We got to fucking, we got to try and surprise the audience. We got to put in as many fucking action figures as we can. And it well, just, and that's why the anticipation for this one was so high too, because in 2018, when black Panther came out, it was a return to form. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. You could, you could cut a lot. You could cut a lot. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard too, right? Like, cause I'm sure they were halfway down the road when, when unfortunately Chadwick passed. And, and so like trying to reorganize that and, and maybe, you know, fill some shit, but man, they, it feels like it got overstuffed. I don't necessarily disagree with any of that, but at the same time, I'm not expecting like an Oscar worthy film. As well, much but as Black it, Panther was. That's the what, tough what, thing. Was Black it, Panther but was. was. It, but, but was it Oscar worthy? It got nominated, but was it Oscar worthy? We litigated this on our if bracket If you're nominated, episode. yeah. How, how far did it make in our bracket? Like, like Elite like, Eight. Yeah. And I, for good I, reason. I, I remember that. I remember yeah. I was hesitant about that the yeah. whole time, too. My, my point, though, is especially with the streak Marvel is on, I was not expecting that caliber of Black Panther. So I was pleasantly surprised with what we got. But you're right, there is a, there is a lot of fat in 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 the meat of of it all, but at the same time, I think the meat overweighs the fat. I think what we get out of it and what was executed well kind of overweighs all this, you know, like you said corporate Marvel stuff, but I do not disagree with you at all. Yeah. The first Marvel movie that clocks in at like 110 minutes, I'm giving 5 stars no matter what. <laughs> you you yeah. make one of these things under 2 hours and standing is ovation. There, I wonder if there is one. Who knows? Maybe back in the day there was. Okay, so double featured now. Obviously, you could pair this with the first one. You could pair it with one of the Avengers films, something else that actually includes Black Panther and or Chadwick Boseman. Um, but we'll see how creative we ended up getting here. I like where I landed. Max, I think he, he likes where he landed. Grant, do you have one? I, I do kind of. Okay. Only because of like recency bias, but also because of like, there's a, there's a couple actor crossovers, but I was mm. just going to go with the woman King. Oh, no, nice. oh, that's a great, that's a great pair. Just because it's kind of like historical and then fantasy, but also like huge representation, huge value to everything. A couple of the uh, Dormelage are in Woman King as well. Um, I think, I think there's some other behind the scenes crossovers as well. Um, so the yeah. Woman King just had uh, PVOD too. So people it can did. check that out at yeah, home yeah. now. That's on streaming. And uh, PVOD. And I haven't I, heard that before. I, I want Usually to just VOD, but you, you got to pay. You got to pay. Yeah, VOD. <laughs> um, I want to see not like a buddy cop, but a like a buddy warrior movie of Viola Davis and Denai Gurrier, who is Okoye. But put those two together, have them play sisters, and have them just fuck shit up because they're both amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, for the first thing on this category, I was like, yeah, Woman King, just because one, I am nice. still very hyped on that movie. Well, I haven't even seen my movie that I'm pairing it with, uh, <laughs> but it is uh, Avatar Way of Water because oh, wow. it's from the Disney Corporation. It's going to be all about underwater fucking civilizations. But we don't need it because this movie did it better no, already. No, I, I, I beg to differ. I think Avatar Way of Water is going to be better than Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, 
And I, it's going to be tied together. They're going to be tied together because they're coming out within a month of each other. They they both have blue similar people on water. blue people underwater. Like it it is going to be it is going to be. I think they're going to be tied <laughs> for a long time together. It's going to be interesting to see what you know what twelve years of making a movie looks like opposed to. You know, 18 the, months the, of like a rush production. The, the Marvel factory that mm-hmm. spits them out every, you know, two or three. Um, I I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Avatar Way of Water is going to be fucking awesome. If you, if you want to put money on it, <laughs> I would love to make a bet with you yeah. that at a certain point of time after Way of Water is released and, you know, there's an appropriate amount of time that Wakanda Forever on Letterboxd, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, one or best two out of three, Wakanda has higher ratings. I would take that bet, Max. Uh, I'll take that bet. Okay. We'll figure out the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Podcast, podcast handshake right now. Love it. So my double feature uh, will kind of pair nicely with the conversation that you and I had, Grant, a couple of weeks ago, but it's going to be The Lion King. Ooh, nice. That- yeah. I think that the similarities between Simba leaving the pride and coming back to the pride mirrors nicely with the Black Panther leaving Wakanda and then coming back to Wakanda. I think the struggle for outside help from different civilizations, different, you know, animal species, things like that, it all kind of plays into the the same similar message, I think. Um and once again, yeah, you get to stay within the Disney Corporation. Sooner or later you'd be able to bust this double feature out on Disney Plus. Um so <laughs> so yeah, I, I went with the Lion King here. I like that. Okay, so legacy. You two kind of just had a conversation here about what we think this movie's <laughs> legacy will be. Um so I'll let you guys kind of jump back into that that discussion a little bit here. I for me personally, it continues the strain of really disappointing movies after the Infinity Saga. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know where Marvel's going. I don't like where they're going. They just, that it, you know, they're just getting so bloated with all this fucking content. Is it's, this considered phase four? Yeah. This is the end of phase four. The last movie in phase four. Yeah. Last okay. movie in phase Which four. Which started with Black Widow. Am I correct in saying that? I think yes. so. Okay. That or Eternals? No, I think Black Widow is before Eternals. Black Widow, technically Loki, I think. But yeah, well, sure. yeah, because okay, yeah. you got to watch TV all these shows. fucking TV shows yeah. now. Yeah. And th- here's the it, this is <laughs> the problem. Don't forget with... to slap the explicit tag on this pod, Max. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. what was it? Wanda, WandaVision and Captain, oh, yeah. Captain WandaVision. America. Yeah, WandaVision was Captain started. Falcon and the Winter America or something. Here's 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 the problem with Marvel, man. They're fucking asking way too much homework. They're 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 putting down way too much homework for you to 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 enjoy a movie anymore. Uh, you know, they've, and they've, they've bloated themselves. Uh, the best thing that came out in, in phase four is werewolf by night. And no one fucking saw that because it's an hour long. It's in black and white and they just shoved it on Disney plus. Um, and it's a standalone, It's a st- right? but again, yeah. And it, it goes back to the original kind of, you know, way they did things back in 2008, right. With iron man, like it's just, it's its own fucking thing. It's, it's very stylized and like in its own world it's 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 its own genre like i gotta see that it's directed by michael giacchino yeah yeah it's great it's fucking great um but man uh i don't know i i I think the legacy you know i I think ultimately yes this is going to go down as like a nice final goodbye to chadwick and like they they did honor him very well 
but I, I don't know. I just, I just thought, and, and this is, you know, it's always hard to make a movie and who am I to know what would be a better movie? But like, if you're going to show me fucking T'Challa's son in the, in the very end, like, why not just have that be the story? We can stay in Wakanda, have him come back during the funeral. Then you've got, You've you've got your your teenager and your your mentor relationship between him and Shuri. Shuri has the call of the Black Panther. He's trying to learn how to be a boy king. Like, come on! And we stay in Wakanda, and then fucking Namor is 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 rising out of the sea because he sees a opportunity without a you know a strong ruler in place to to take Wakanda. Like, why why all the conv- you know conv- uh, the fucking overstuffed Riri Williams feds. Lake Bell dying. I don't know. Uh, let me just jump in <laughs> real quick here before you rebuttal. My legacy is pretty simple. It's a commercial success. Yeah. The legacy is intact for Chadwick. I yeah. think everyone's going to agree that they, they did it tastefully. Um, but then, yeah, lost in the shuffle of the MCU phase four, I suppose. Or maybe it bookends it and people say that, you know, now there's hope going forward. But I, in my opinion... This is a step down from the original. Yeah. And, and and like Grant was saying, I don't think I was expecting this to be nominated for Best Picture once again. But now also to like what you're saying, Max, I think that it's ripe to be overshadowed now by something like Avatar potentially in a month. So I like the way you put it of like it, it's just another thing in the Marvel streak of this, that, and the other. I think this is like a bright spot because I've been the one, you know, dogging what Marvel's been doing since Infinity War, you know, more than anyone else. I've been more burnt out on them for a long time. The Eternals was a bright surprise to me. I like that movie. I know it got dogged a little bit. I enjoyed that one because it was its own thing. It didn't try to connect to everything else. It sets up stages for things to connect to it, like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which case in point got back to the original formula of doing a self-contained things maybe that they still had to have those minor connections here and there to me this was another bright spot of we didn't see another adventure yeah we yeah we got stuffed with you know the martin freeman and then you know julie louis dreyfus and the riri williams and then what was it uh, dominique thorne or a song i forget what her name is the girl that played riri um but we didn't get oversaturated with like other Avengers popping up. We didn't get huge talks of, you know, the blip and Thanos and all this. It was just what was happening here. And then the, the, the honoring Chadwick Boseman and then keeping the representation legacy intact, like the first one, going back to our conversation of why that went so far in, in our bracket. I think this one did nothing to like, add like like add any negative points to the standing of the this. tide didn't rise no the tide didn't rise but it didn't fall sure it like these like it's the get the black panther ship is still as high as sailing as high as it ever did so i don't ag- disagree with your your guys's complaints or like your complaints Michael, what you're mm-hmm. saying but the the marvel marvel recently has been surprising me shang chi was one of my favorite films of the mcu and it was hap- happening here in phase four they're getting back to a little bit of of what i enjoy do i have faith 
moving forward that we're going to get another movie like Iron Man or Black Panther or these movies that should have been nominated for Oscars and possibly won Oscars or this, that, and the other. No, it's going to take a lot to get back there because you're right of what you're saying. is they, they, They're making it so you have to do homework. You go see one of these movies and someone pops up and you have no idea who they are because you got to watch two TV shows. Yeah. But that's because they can do that. I know. I just think it's the wrong... I think it's wrong, Marvel. No, of course. And I, <laughs> I don't disagree with you. But at the same time, it's, it's you know... It's a house of cards that every everybody yeah. let them build that's Absolutely. the thing that's the thing that and it can and it can fall down at, at any moment and i think people are almost waiting for that to happen which is another unfortunate circumstance for any movie studio extended universe serialization of whatever kind of story to find mm-hmm. themselves in i will say coming off the heels of thor this was like a fucking oscar standing ovation <laughs> well God yeah that movie sent. stunk too. that movie was awful yeah, honestly dr strange stunk too exactly i'm saying we, we've been on a little stink streak since shang chi yeah also okay also like can we get back to fucking making movies in places instead of just on a fucking green screen yeah tell me about it so many shots in this fucking movie looked horrible almost almost every shot the background was blurred Mm -hmm. like it was shot on a fucking portrait mode on an iphone and and there's and the cgi like you said earlier alex some shots of like shuri or okoye when they're in the cockpit of their flying ships i mean it looks like sci-fi channel bullshit yeah it's amazing. I can't I can't believe. And this is why, man, Big Jim is coming. Big Jim is coming and he's going to restore <laughs> fucking order. I can't It sounds these, like he's on the campaign trail. Dude, I, Marvel <laughs> the movie's going to be so bad. Has gotten so fucking lazy. They have gotten so lazy and they're just a factory and it's fast food and it sucks. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I know. Avatar, I'm not saying Avatar also sucks. No, it's not a good story. No, I'm telling you, it's not we a good have story. To deserve judgment on the way of water. How is Sigourney Weaver his daughter? <laughs> Who knows, bro? Big Jim will tell us. He will show us the way. He's gonna part the sea, and we're gonna follow him. I'll I'll, I'll stay on the embankment. I'll stay on the other side. My goodness, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention Way of Water in every episode up until it's release. I've just decided it's my it's my fucking it's Snyder your Sni- cut. it's your just my League. Snyder cut. There you go. That's gonna be December's Patreon. It's just water movies. <laughs> Fuck yeah, let's do it. All right, so that will that will wrap up the show here today. Black Panther: Wakanda Forever will certainly be in theaters through the end of the month and well into December. So if you choose, there will be plenty of time to catch this movie on the big screen. As for us and our future plans, we will be taking next week off for the Thanksgiving holiday here on the public feed. But for those of you subscribed to our Patreon page, you will still get a new episode next week. That will be the aforementioned episode where Max and myself sat down and recorded um, our favorite, maybe not favorite, but just five film franchises each that we would recommend binging over the holiday season. You want to give any sneak peeks as to what we talked about on that episode, Max? Oh, man. Uh, Well, I I like that we both kind of themed our lists. Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, I'll say I went kind of action heavy. Yeah, my teaser would be you find out a guilty pleasure wheelhouse of mine that is uh, probably not what you would expect. Not on the bingo card. No, definitely not. Grant, anything that you would like to throw out as just a bingeable movie franchise? We kind of stayed away from, I know you haven't gotten a chance to hear it yet, but we kind of stayed away from 
the Lord of the Rings and the Godfathers of the world, you know, franchises, the 007s, the yeah. ones that people kind of grew up watching. So anything kind of off the radar. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, or 1, 2, and 3. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. That's a great yeah, one. That's a good one. Um, Home Alone, obviously. Oh. Just, one, just one and two. I mean, hey, now. Well, yeah. actually, three's not bad. I love I three. Haven't, with, I haven't seen three. With anymore. Alex, uh, what's his face? Alex yeah. Lins? Yeah. 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 He plays a character named Max, I believe. Alex D-Lins, maybe? Yeah, he yes. does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, hey, that's all uh, yeah, those two I, right I, there. Top of my head. Man, yeah. impressive yeah. stuff. <laughs> Holy jeez. Well, until next time, remember to follow the three of us on Letterboxd so you can see me review Home Alone 3, I guess, because <laughs> I want to watch that now. Um, but remember to be kind to one another. Give back this holiday season if you can. And until next time, we will see you at the movies. Praise you up! Drink movies and watch beer. <laughs> <laughs>